You say I shouldn't play the victim, but somebody has done bad things to me. Shouldn't they be held accountable? And I'm trying really hard, and it just seems like my spouse won't forgive me. What now? What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. We're brothers. We're therapists. We're not afraid of your questions. So bring it. They're awesome questions, and we'll get to them in just a minute, but today we're going to start with another review. This one comes from 9b.todd, and it says, I see Tyler, and I've listened to Brandon on previous podcasts. This stuff will lift you up and teach you to live a wholehearted, rich life. Doubt it? Give these two a chance. It's changed me. Nice. Thanks, 9b.todd. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, Sounds like, uh, sounds like he's a fan of yours, Tyler. <laughs> sounds like he's a fan of yours too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just, I hope that, uh, you know, I hope that he's, he's like many others that he feels some, some help and he feels some healing and it's lifted him. So that's awesome. Um, okay. Should we dive right in? Yeah, let's get into it, man. Okay. This, this is one of my favorite topics that we're talking about today. So these two questions actually go down the same vein. And um, I'm sure it's one of your favorite topics too, because ultimately what it leads to and what we're talking about is personal accountability and empowerment. Um, you know, really understanding that you can create a lot of things in your life. But what we're talking about today is one of the major things that stops people from um, being able to do that. It's it, it, it it stops people from really taking accountability for their life. Um, and uh, as we talk about it, it can rub some people wrong um, because uh, many people want to stay stuck in a victim stance. And when you, when you tell somebody, look, you're powerful, you are accountable for your life, um, but they've been hurt and they want to be in that victim stance, and they want to stay stuck there, it's invalidating to their pain. So, um, okay, let's get into the questions. That's, and, yeah, that's uh, the question. We'll, we'll flush out some of this stuff. So, the uh, first question is, I shouldn't play the victim, you say. Um, somebody has done bad things to me. Shouldn't they be held accountable? What do you think, Tyler? That's a great question. I mean, what do you, there's, there's some feeling behind the question that comes up, right? And this is where you're starting to get into what you, you broke into already to begin with today is that, you know, it's like any, every one of us has experienced something in our lives where we've been mistreated in some way, you know, and, and the natural tendency for us is to want to be able to hold on to some way to feel justified or validated for the pain that we've experienced or especially to want to have justice served because we have this like just world idea in our mind that we have to have everything in order and that's just that's just part of how the human brain works the, the problem is is that it, it sets us up to be in a situation where we're going to be fighting a losing battle the rest of our lives until we learn how to in some ways let those things go and take accountability for our lives again to basically what you were just saying to learn how to take our power back so is it fair like yeah, everybody, if everyone, everyone listening could think right now in the next 10 seconds of something that somebody has done to them that wasn't fair. And, and they would feel their whole body light up 
they'd feel something churn inside, they'd feel a flush in their face, they'd feel something and and that and that anger, that resentment, whatever it is could come back instantly just by bringing it up. Right. You know. Okay, Tyler, I want to kind of push back a little bit. Um so what I'm hearing you say is if you have that fixed mindset about the way life should be and then somebody does something that goes against that um, you can be pissed off and angry at them for a long time and you kind of lose your power and your accountability with that. Um, and if you can learn how to um, not, you know, not get caught up in that, then you can maintain your power and you can be accountable for your life. Okay. Um, that's, you know, that might be easy for you to say. Um, that's easy for you to say, if, you know, go tell somebody, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, <laughs> set me up here. Go tell somebody who's been abused, who's been betrayed, who's been um, a victim of systematic racism. Um, go tell somebody who, who's experienced those things that and see how they feel. Oh, I know how they feel. Right. And, and of course those feelings are valid, you know, on a very small level, let me tell you a little bit of a story of something that happened a long time ago, maybe one of the biggest resentments that I've ever had in my life. I was in graduate school at Utah state several years ago. And at the time I felt like I was maybe for the first time in my life that I was, uh, discriminated against. I had, uh, I obviously I'm a, a white Mormon male. And I went into a program where there were two males and four women that were in my cohort. The director happened to be a woman who didn't really like Mormons and she didn't like men. And so I happened to have some struggles with her. And particularly, I, one particular situation that came up is, is that in our program, if you end up with a C or lower than a C on any class, then they can counsel you out of the program. And I somehow ended up, even though I turned in all of my assignments, I had somehow ended up with a C minus in her class. And at the end of the semester, she called me into her office and she sat me down. And she said, I think we have to counsel you out of the program because you're, you didn't pass my class. It was an ethics class of all things too, by the way. And, uh, and uh, she said she needed to counsel me out of the class unless I could produce my work. And she said, I could still get an A in the class if I wanted to go home and do all my homework this, in this one night before the grades were going to be due. Uh, but I needed to at least have two assignments to turn in before, you know, before tomorrow. And luckily I'd kept all of my assignments. So I just went out to my car and produced two assignments and gave them to her. But what happened is, is it turned into this big thing in our program where we had to have the director of the program get involved, the director of the, the, the actual department got involved. We had this big meeting and it led to a lot of like resentment that I carried with me for years and years and years. And the truth is, Brandon, this is that everything that I felt was 100% justified. Like I had been, I had been mistreated, like flat out mistreated, like just somebody who didn't happen to like who I was for whatever reasons they didn't like mistreated me and used power, used power that they had over me to try to subvert me and hurt my life and my career. Um, so yeah, was I pissed off? Absolutely. Did I feel gutted and devastated and confused? Yes. 100%. Like, so, so, so Tyler, if I were to come to you, let's say 
two days after this whole thing went down, like the, the worst part of it. And I were to come to you and say, Hey, don't play the victim. Like, stop it. You're giving her all your power. Like knock it off, Tyler. Uh, be, yeah, ac- I, be accountable for your life. At the very least, I'd say you don't understand. And because you're my brother, I'd probably want to punch you in the face. <laughs> well, and I'd punch you back and I'd win a fight, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And that's what you're saying, Brandon, is you're saying that when you're in that space, because it's justified, it really truly is justified in some ways to feel the way that we feel. Like, yes. You know, so it doesn't, it doesn't feel good when somebody comes to you and says, hey, you know what, you really, you really need to let this go. Like you're playing the victim right now. Yeah, and, and that's, what, that's what I'm trying to get at, Tyler, because a lot of times um, that's where people get stuck because what happens is it would be easy for me to go and, and validate you in, in that pain, right? And, and I actually think that's the right thing to do. When you're in the thick of that, that frustration, um, that the right thing to do is to validate you, um, but then I could continue to validate you. I could continue to feed the fire of resentment. I could continue, and you would, you know, when I say I, I mean somebody else, somebody outside of you could, can fuel that and it feels good because they're validating you. It feels good and so it feels right. But at the same time, what they're doing is they're saying, I don't, I don't believe that you have the ability and you have the power to actually get to a place where you can look at this through a growth mindset. Um, you, can, you can own some parts of it that are yours and you can, you can move forward. Um, I, I, it sucks what happened to you with, with that professor, Tyler. It sucks, right? Yeah, yeah. And what a great opportunity for you. Um, and, and now that you're, you're years past it and you're on the other end of it, you can look at this and say, yeah, that was a great opportunity. I learned a lot. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully you've let go of, of your resentment and you're not stuck giving her your power anymore years later. Um, because um, it, it, the only, I, I was listening to Wayne Dyer yesterday and he said, you know, um, resentment really, let go of resentment. And he said, it's not the, it, it's not the, venom it's not the bite that kills you when it when a snake bites you it's the venom that flows through your veins so the initial bite ouch but when you allow that venom to go into every part of you um it destroys you and when i when i say to my clients hey let's work let's help let's help you get out of your victim sometimes they feel like i'm protecting the person that's hurt them and what i'm ultimately doing is fighting for them. Um, I, I want them to find happiness and peace and power in their lives. Right. So. Yeah. It's being able to, it's, it's being able to, in essence, if you're using that analogy, it's, it's getting the antidote, the antidote to the venom is 100% within our own hands. You know, and I'll be honest, Brian, even just bringing this up today, right now, talking about it, there's a little piece in my heart that goes, ooh, like, I remember that, like, yuck, like, you know, but, but when you say the words, what a great opportunity, that took years to get to, to say, man, I learned a lot through that. And the truth is, and this is what's even more uncomfortable, is, is that even though I was mistreated, my angry, bitter, resentful heart led me to think and feel and say and do things 
that were outside of my own value system that I have yep. to take accountability for. Yes. You she know, didn't and do that. She didn't, she didn't do any of those things. I made those choices. I responded and reacted in those ways. I went to those other people in my life to try to get them against her with me. All of those things are outside of my values. And, and I have now gone crooked, even though I'm justified in being crooked, I've gone crooked with my own value system, which means I'm giving my power away. Right. And, and the, the truth is, is that I held on to this for years and years and years. And these things happened over the course of one semester. And, right. and she did those things one time. Right. And I, I relived those things a thousand times and I was the gatekeeper of my own emotional prison. Right. Yes. Because, because every time I thought about it, that was me reliving it. It wasn't her doing it. Right. So, so working, working with um, the partners of addicts, um, I, I, see, I see healing and I see progress. And then I see um, some people go in the other direction. And I would say that the one differentiation is, is just this, is acceptance and accountability. Um, you know, I, I, I see partners who, who hate who control, who, um, who get passive aggressive, um, who break their own value systems. And, and they come back with, look, I'm justified to do this. I'm justified because I've been hurt. Um, and then I see partners who say, okay, I, I could be justified to do those things. I have good reason to do those things. But I know who I am and I'm going to stay true to myself and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really step into my truths and my power to, to heal, to heal me, to help my relationship heal. And, um, and yeah, they've done things that, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily give me the right to go do things that are harmful and destructive as well. And it's, it's a hard thing to do. It's high-level recovery. It's really mature, um, but it's, it's the right thing to do. So, um, and that, that's when I see, it's, it's interesting because the betrayed, and I don't want to turn this just into betrayal, trauma, and sex addiction, but um, the betrayed isn't the only one that plays the victim. Oh, totally. Um, oftentimes, it's this, the sex addict playing the victim to the betrayed. And either way, if, if a couple gets stuck there in that victim place, then progression is really, really difficult. Right. I think, I think part of what you're saying though, Brandon, is like, it's, it's kind of, it's almost like it's a layover though in the process. You can't really, most people can't not go into victim sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's being able to see it for what it is and say, okay, this is the layover on part of the journey. I've got to figure out, I've got to figure out how to come to peace with, with what's gone on here so that I can learn to surrender it and let it go and allow myself to get my heart back and to get my freedom back. So if, I, if you find yourself in that victim place right now, it's not that you're bad. It's not that you're, there's anything wrong. It's just, it's just not going to be effective long-term to stay there. And you're never going to go in, in a lot of ways, the, people, the ways that we've been hurt, we are never going to be the ones to exact justice. Right. There, there's nothing that we can do. It's, it's almost like if somebody, if somebody has done something to hurt us, we have this immense amount of pain. 
And then we feel like we have to hold on to the pain until they make it right. But even as they start to make it right, we're going to hold on. So eventually there's no, we never catch up. There's never, there's never an equal balancing system of justice. Right. And so if I'm the one who has to play judge and jury, if I'm the one who has to be God here, then ultimately I have signed my own sentence to stay miserable. Right. And, and I have to understand that, that, you know, to, it's not your fault. Like right. when people hurt you, when people hurt you, it's not your fault, but it's absolutely our responsibility to figure out how to navigate it, to cope with it, to live with it. So that, so that I don't have a professor living in my head 20 years after graduate school. I, I, Tyler, I heard a story and, and I, I don't know how accurate it is, but, um, but I want to share it because it's kind of perfect right here. Um, so your buddy that was shot in the head um, in high school. So, mm -hmm. um, quick, quick story. Um, uh, Tyler's buddy was up taking pictures. He was on a date. It was a night. He was taking pictures of the, of the moon in this lake and a guy pulled over to ask for directions and then pulled out a gun and shot him in the head. And, um, the guy just wanted to know what it was like to, to kill somebody. And so he shot, he shot Tyler's buddy and he shot the girl as well. And the girl survived. Um, anyways, um, Tyler's buddy's mom, you could imagine was pretty upset by this. And the guy got, uh, he got sentenced to, to prison without parole, without a chance of parole. So not the death penalty. I've heard recently, I actually saw her at a store, um, years ago, long time ago, and she looked very miserable. Um, and in a lot of pain. Um, I heard that recently, somehow, some way, um, she got connected to the mom of the guy that shot her son. And um, she got connected to her, she started talking to her, and she realized that, uh, that that kid who shot her son has a mother, has a mother who's grieving and a mother who's lost her son. And, um, through, through different things, the, the guy who shot her son actually wrote her a letter and reached out to her. And um, now she's advocating to get him out of prison. Wow. Yeah. Did you I, know, I had not did heard you know that. I did not heard that, Brandon. No, I hadn't heard that. That brings chills to me, man. Like just, just thinking about the freedom that can come to her after having been through I mean, if there's anyone ever in the world who could be justified to hold on to anger and resentment, it would be this woman, you yeah. know, for no reason of all, at all, no senseless reason at all. She lost her son and well, to hear, to hear that that's the process that she's finding. I'm, I'm so hopeful. And that's, that's awesome that, uh, that that's, thank you for sharing that Brandon. And I hadn't heard that. This is bringing up some pain for you from what happened, huh? Yeah, it, it definitely brings up the same old feelings. It's not really feelings of resentment anymore as much as it is just sadness and hurt. Um, yeah. You know, just that senseless stuff that goes on. And, uh, but, and, but Tyler, I think that sadness is way different than, than a victim stance, right? A victim yeah. stance is I need you to change so I can be happy. The sadness, when you cry, when you grieve, you feel some relief, you feel some peace. Um, and you don't get there when you're stuck in the victim place. Um, you don't feel that relief and that peace through that, through that pain. 
um, you still want vindication. You still need justice to, to happen in order to feel okay. And, and when you don't have the opportunity to get it when it's not possible yet you're demanding that you get it in order to be happy you're going to be stuck and you're going to stay stuck right that's that's right brandon yeah and and that sadness it does even though it's painful it feels so much different than the 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 feeling of being a victim and saying stuck and having to hold on to resentment and anger yeah so um Okay, let's go to our next question. Um, right. Next question is kind of down these same lines. It says, I'm trying really hard. and It's been several years. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get out from under the pain that I've caused my partner who won't forgive me. What should I do? Oh, man. Yeah, this is another hard one. You know, it's, it is right down the same alley. It's almost like the other side of the coin here, you know, where... Yeah, what can you do when you've done something to somebody and you're doing the best you can to provide restitution, but it doesn't seem like there's any movement. And now you find yourself stuck in this. It's almost like a one up, one down relationship where it's there's there's this innate, even though it's probably not intended, this innate power differential that somehow I can never be an equal partner or an equal friend or somebody else. Um, unless unless somehow this balance gets laid out right um in a lot of ways we find ourselves playing the victim by still giving our power over to the other person to have to wait for them to get better yeah so it's it's when you say the other side of the coin what i'm seeing is the first question was about staying stuck in anger like i'm resentful Mm -hmm. and i'm angry because you did something bad to me the other side of the coin when it comes to being stuck in a victim place is, is shame is I'm stuck in the shame of what I've done and I'll never be happy until you forgive me because I'm a piece of crap who's done horrible things and I need you to forgive me in order for me to move forward. Um, you're still stuck um, giving away your power to somebody else. Right. So, right. Exactly. And I, I think it's in some ways it's, it's maybe even more damaging than the resentment anger type of victim because you're now you're now just beating the crap out of yourself trying to trying to meet something that you're probably never going to reach up to trying to be good enough trying to do the right things trying to make it right right and and it's not that you shouldn't do those things of course you should do those things but but the measuring stick on your value ultimately can't be held by any other person even the person that you've hurt, like, it's not like it all ends when that person finally says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Like you're all better now. Like, no, like they, they don't, whether they want to or not, they don't, they can't have, they don't have that ability to give you your sense of value. And so, so the way that you get out of victim in that situation is, is that you have to move the measuring stick. It has to go somewhere else bigger than you and bigger than this other person. It has to go somewhere outside of the, that equation. And, uh, and that's hard because, because the things that you're, you're doing to try to repair things are things you should do. But you should be doing them because your heart knows that inside that's the kind of person you want to be and that's the, per, that's the kind of like spouse or friend or whatever it is that you need to be. Not so they get better, but, but so that you can look yourself in the mirror, have an inventory with yourself and with God and say, you know, my heart, this is where my heart's at. And this is, I'm doing the best that I can. Yeah. 
and, and I would I would argue that, um, you know, what what needs to shift is not what you do in order to make it right. What needs to shift is 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 who you be in that relationship. And if you show up as a as a person who resonates in love, in acceptance, um, but also in courage, and and so you're honest, you're boundaried. Um, chances are your relationship's gonna, gonna experience some friction. Uh, it's gonna be difficult. Uh, but if you can, through that, stay empathetic, stay kind, stay honest, be boundaried, like I just said, um, that friction is gonna, gonna create some kind of movement. And um, your, your spouse might never forgive. They might say, nope, I'm hunkering down in, in this victim stance. And, um, and no matter what you do, I'm going to hate you. And, and really, that comes back to your accountability for you, you to be able to say, okay, what's my truth? What works for me? What doesn't work for me? I want to be honest with myself. I love myself. I know I'm not bad, even though they're having a hard time letting go and forgiving. I know that I am forgiven by God. I have forgiven myself. And because of that, um, I, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move forward. This relationship might not last. Hopefully it does, but it might not last. I'm going to move forward, right? Um, and that's possible. You're not stuck that's, underneath. That's, I, I, would, I would submit that that's the best shot you have of actually saving your relationship. That's the only shot. Like a yeah. real healthy relationship, that's the only shot you have. It has to be done from an, for both partners individually doing their own work to be their best selves and, and choose, choose one another um, because they can instead of feeling trapped into one another. Yes. And, uh, and when we play the victim, that's in some ways it's like, and this is going to maybe offend some people, but playing the victim is, it's like the easy cop out. When I'm, in, when I'm in a relationship with somebody else, I don't want to have to make the decision to stay or go. So if I just play the victim, then I can hold on to some semblance of connection or totally. relationship, even though it's going to be miserable. And I won't, I, and I won't have to be the one who makes the decision. And, uh, and it's not, there's no empowerment in that, but, but it's, it feels comfortable because it feels like now I'm at least getting a threat of not having to like, it's not vulnerable, Tyler. It's, it's not like having, having to own your stuff and be accountable for what you're choosing to create in your life. Um, that's vulnerable. You can fail. Um, you know, sitting back and blaming somebody or something for, for what you get in your life. Um, that gives you a cop out. That gives you an excuse as to why things aren't the way you want them in your life. Um, you can blame the weather. You can blame Donald Trump. You can blame, you know, your spouse, you can blame whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is that we all, every human being inside of us, Viktor Frankl proved this. Um, our guest Glenn a couple weeks ago proved this. Every single human being inside, uh, inside of us has power to move forward, has power to heal. No matter what circumstance you're in, um, no matter how bad it is, you have the ability to do that. And I've worked with people who are so resilient to the horrific things that have happened to them in their lives. Um, and they're so resilient. They're so 
um, powerful and strong and, and doing so much good in the world and horrible things have happened to them. Um, we all have that inside of us and we can either choose to, to see that light or we can choose to keep it dim because we're scared of it. Right. Right. A hundred percent. And, and, and this goes to the, the question that we were talking about when we're saying that the shame is the thing that's keeping us in victim mode. Like, we have to learn how to become resilient to that shame so that we don't stay stuck there and we can step into that place that you're talking about, Brown, and that every one of us, every one of us in any given moment that we're in, even the worst moments of our lives, always still have at least one choice. And, and that's the Viktor Frankl choice is I can choose if I'm aware enough of myself, I can choose how I'm going to respond to whatever life presents to me. And, and that's where I think people are, are getting messed up here and they're staying stuck in victim. And, and Brandon, you're referencing all these things in the world that are happening. Art, take a, take a look, at, take 10 minutes on the media and count how much victim stance is, oh, it's, is going everywhere. on everywhere, going on in the media. It's the, the victim stance is the currency of our dialogue today. Right. And, and it takes a really mature person to pull out of that because it's kind of intoxicating. It feels well, good. You feel it's validated there. You go, you, so you wallow there. It gives an adrenaline rush. It kind of gives this like soothing balm. It's almost like heroin to the, to the soul, you know, but the yes. truth is, is that when, when we look around any, every one of us has situations right now that we don't necessarily like, whether that's at church or in our communities or with the police or whatever it is, we can either sit and complain about it or we can, do something about it. You know, right. we can, we can do something. And I, I, I use the words, how am I going to help things go right here? So right. I, I've had this philosophy for a long time. Like people come into my office all the time and they say, you know, Tyler, like life is so unfair. Like, look at how bad my life is because of this and this and this, and the next person doesn't have a hard life. And then they're comparing and miserable more. And it's like, you know, and, and I just kind of, I sometimes just paint this picture for them. And it's, I don't know if it's the best picture, but I just say, you know what? This world that we live in is kind of like we walk around, we do the best we can. And once in a while, these big piles of crap fall from the sky. And sometimes they land directly on your head. And most people, they get that big old pile of crap on their head and they poke their nose up out of it. And they go, man, this stinks. Like, this isn't fair. This is horrible. Like, oh, look at how terrible this is. And they spend more time sitting in the pile of steaming crap than they do getting themselves out of it. Right. And, and then they wonder why life isn't fair. And, and, and the truth is, is that we're all going to get dumped on once in a while. And it's up to us to decide how long we want to sit in it and how long we want to complain about how bad it stinks before we go, well, what now? Well, what now is I got to climb out. I got to clean myself off. I got to go bathe. And then I got to look around at the world I'm in and say, how do I make things go better? Like, how do, how do I improve my life and the lives of those around me as a result of what I've been through? And, and if we can get to that point, then there's true empowerment because there becomes meaning and purpose in our lives. There's, there becomes this like, almost like this zest, you know, where I know what it's like to go through X, Y, or Z. And I also know that it's possible to get through it. And now I got to go and, you know, look at, look at all the, the different things people are passionate about you know, things like Operation Underground Railroad or, you know, any, any, any nonprofit, most of those nonprofits are started by individuals who have been through the hell they're trying to fix. Yes. Yeah. So they're doing a lot of good. Yep. 
and yeah. that and that's because they've taken their power back they're not they're not sitting in the world complaining about it anymore you know it's yeah. like with the whole voting thing that's coming up right now how many people want to watch the news and complain about the world that we live in and i guarantee you a lot of our listeners won't vote yeah well why not you just want to be the victim or do you want to actually get busy making a difference in the ways that you can in our world right right i think of uh do you remember James, that guy from Jamaica that uh, came and stayed with us? Yep. And uh, I, I had a, 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 another guy named Fernando from Cuba that came to Christmas with us. And, um, and then I had a good buddy named JB mm. in Hawaii, one of my best friends. And I think of these guys, and they've all been through hell in their lives. Um, Fernando was a refugee. Um, who, who came over here because Cuba wanted to throw him in prison and I think kill him. Um, and so he was, he was here as a refugee. Um, James, I, I don't know his past, but I could tell he'd been through a lot. And, and JB, like all, all these guys had, had this light about them. They had this energy of just happiness. And, and I think, I think it was gratitude, Tyler. I think, I think they were just grateful for where they were at in life. And they'd been through such hard things that every little thing they had now was just precious and amazing and wonderful. And their life was more vibrant because they actually could see the blessings all around them because of the hell that they had been through. Um, right. So I'm, I don't think we're saying go, go find hell, go jump into it. It'll so, come to you. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it'll come your way, we promise. Um, <laughs> but when, you, when it hits you, when, um, when, you know, when the crap falls on you, um, you do have a choice. And your option is to find some peace and healing and gratitude or stay stuck in, in it. And um, we encourage you to push through. We, we validate your pain if you're hurting. We know you're hurting and it's okay. And that's real for you. And then we encourage you to, to uh, face it and to work through it. That's what we do every day, Tyler, as therapists. We, we push people to, to get unstuck, to, to work through, to, to heal from the hard things that happen in their life. And so I think that's why we're so passionate about this topic. Right. I, I think it's the way to freedom, you know, Brandon. And I maybe just, I know we're getting close on time here for today, but for those of you who are listening, who are holding on to some type of pain or find yourself stuck in the victim place a little bit, uh, just maybe a little tip for you to, to practice. Um, think about whatever it is that you're holding on to, wherever, whatever it is that's keeping you, you stuck. And there's some truth in why you're feeling the way that you feel. And if you can tease out the truth, and here's what the truth is, is it's your, it's, it's your values. It's the things that have been infringed upon in your life if you can find and uncover those values, then practice the healthy dose of compassion and kindness towards yourself and validate that that truth is there and then burn off the rest of it by, by practicing some surrender and letting it go. And, uh, and you can do that over and over again, rinse and repeat a hundred times a day if you need to. But that ultimately is the way to freedom is it's not about anybody else. It's about each and every one of us individually taking a look at our own lives and then making a choice. It's the only real thing that we ever really have to ourselves is our choice. So 
I don't, I don't use the F word often in my office. Um, forgive. <laughs> um, and the reason I don't <laughs> use, use forgive often in my office is because it doesn't do any good. Hey, you need to forgive. Um, however, what we're talking about ultimately is, is forgiveness and forgiveness of self, forgiveness of people around you. And, um, but the reason I don't use it often is because it's a process. And um, in that process, you'll be ready when you're ready and, uh, and um, just know that you can get there. So yeah, I, I made the mistake, Brandon, this week, I'm working through uh, some resentment stuff with some of my groups and in one of my women's groups, I had them all like write down their biggest resentments and things. And they were all really excited to do it. And then somehow I dropped the word forgiveness in the midst of all of that. And instantly <laughs> all of them were like, Nope, not doing it anymore. Like I'm out, like <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, because it's hard, it's a hard thing to look at, but, but it is, it's going through the darkness and it is a process, but it, it ultimately leads to liberation. Yep. That's right. So, all right. So, uh, Tyler, uh, they find, so love strong, Go to love, no, yeah. If you go to lovestrong.com, you can find Therapy Brothers. If you go to therapybrothers.com, you can submit a question there or find our episodes. We're also on all of the, you know, podcast channels. Tyler has a bunch more content over at Love Strong as well. So check it out. It's good stuff. Um, you can find me at Brandon underscore Patrick on Instagram or check out uh, brandonpatrick.com. You can find more information there. So, guys, if you liked this episode, please uh, rate and review and um, even better share it. Um, I know sharing a, a podcast about therapy stuff might out you some, um, but really if, if, if it's helpful and it's helpful for somebody, it's worth it. So uh, please share it and please rate and review and have a great day guys. We'll see you later. Thanks guys.